You are now entering the world of blissful living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. Oh, I'm so excited because my guest today is going to be phenomenal, and you will get lots of nuggets of gold, specifically if you are an entrepreneur, woman business owner, or a man business owner, we're going to be talking about something really important that I think as entrepreneurs, whether you're beginning or building or starting or creating or expanding, um, we often sometimes forget about this very, very key component uh, when it comes to running our businesses without difficulties. And so while I um, take care of business, I want you to think about that because also this guest is one of my speakers for the Brave, Bold, and Unstoppable Woman Summits, and she will be speaking in Atlanta at the Atlanta event. So stay tuned because uh, you definitely, definitely want to want to stay and listen to this. And again, if you like the show, please share it, subscribe it with those that you love and care about um, because the more we can get these good, kind words out and these nuggets of gold, the easier it's going to be for us to make our society a better place, particularly for us women. So I want to thank uh, one of our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. They have some wonderful things to help you transition as the year goes from season to season to help keep you healthy, wise and wealthy, so to speak. And fabulous event coming up, the Brave, Bold, Unstoppable Women Summit, which you heard me talking about. You want to find out what's going on. You want the details and you want to get the details to help you thrive and survive. So check them out for the goodies they have. In addition to the events of the Brave, Bold, Unstoppable Women Summit, you can get all the scoop at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. The next sponsor I want to thank is a phenomenal telecommunications installation company, minority-owned, woman-owned, and a premier company that has been in business since 1989. If you're looking for voice data, fiber optic cabling installation, wireless access points, road modems, routers, or your complete network distribution set up so that when you go to make that call, that connection, the first time you get who you want to speak to or who you want to connect with on the other side that first time. All Day Cable Incorporated, again, is the top 50 women-owned business, as well as a premier telecommunications installation company that has been around for a very long time. If you have that need, then you want to check them out at alldaycableinc.com. And I'm talking with my hands today because I'm so excited about my guest, our guest. So um, are you guys ready? Did you have time to get your seat set up, something to write with, your pen, paper, your favorite beverage, told the family to leave you alone for about 30 minutes or so? Because if you did, I'm going to tell you about my phenomenal guest. And she's beautiful, y'all. She's beautiful inside and out and full of wisdom. So her name is Frederica Cunningham. And she is the founder and chief executive officer of HR in Motion, LLC. 
a full-service human resource management consulting firm with a mission to help CEOs develop a legacy-driven labor force through the pillars of succession planning, training, workforce development, behavioral style assessments, and diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility, and belonging. With over 25 years as a corporate human resource management um, expert, Frederica offers a proprietary methodology and infrastructure that guides private and public sector clients to uphold compliance with federal, state, and local laws, which is very important, you guys. As a certified DISC, Dominance Influence steadiness, and conscientious practitioner serving as an executive coach, Frederica provides a progressive transformational process that elevates and connects client leaders within organizations preparing for succession. She has earned the Professional Human Resources or PHR certification conferred by the Human Resource Certification Institute and the SHRM Dash CP certification conferred by the Society of Human Resource Management. She also holds a Master of Science in Management with a Human Resources Management concentration from the University of Maryland. And I could tell you so much more about Frederica, but why waste the time? Let me just bring her up. Frederica! Welcome. To the oh my gosh. Excellent afternoon, my friend. Thank you so much for this opportunity to sit and connect with you and your amazing audience. You are very welcome. You know what's so funny? It's like two fabulous energies come together, such as we did. Yes. Set the whole environment around us ablaze. <laughs> <laughs> So literally, the dogs were in the back. They were all quiet, actually napping. We got to talking, and they're like, oh, who's that? What's that energy? Why y'all wake us up with all that powerful energy? And so it's just beautiful um, to have you and beautiful to be in your presence and to feel your energy because I know that you're a powerhouse. And so we are talking about or we're going to talk about a really important topic for business owners I know when I first started my business way, way, way back then, my first business, um, I had employees right away and didn't have any human resources, anything set up or structured for a very long time, for years, to be honest. I hired the people, paid them their salary, got their W-2s out when I was supposed to um, and kind of told the line. But I didn't have any like employee handbooks or any human resource structure in place. And so as a business owner today, it is so vitally important with all the changes that is going on that you have an expert to help assist you with this. So Frederica, I want to ask you, because this is so important, particularly with all the federal mandates and stuff that's happening now. Why is human resources essential, an essential asset for the small business community? That is an excellent question. It's an excellent question on more so many levels, but let me start with this. Human resource management is absolutely necessary. It's because experts come to the table. We bring to the table with the chief executive officers, and their levels of leadership 
to engage with them about how to ensure that we are bringing to the table what the employees need to be effectively successful embracing that vision. Really, when you think about people and you are thinking about bringing people on board, it depends on where we are as chief executive officers and what we are trying to accomplish. And that is important. But we also have to ensure that the mission and vision, the personal missions and visions of the people that we're bringing on board match mm. what we are pursuing to accomplish. In the small business arena, the only reason why we're small is because of the definition that SBA has established. It has absolutely nothing to do with our vision. Our visions are big and they are forever evolving, which is why we need to ensure that we're bringing the right people on board. No one can be successful by him or herself. No one. Everyone needs people. Everyone. You know, you, you said some very, um, lots of inf words of wisdom within that. Um, for one, you're only small by the definition of what the SBA considers to be a small business. It has nothing to do with your vision or your mission for your, for your, for your business. Um, and just because you are small or you're defined as a small business does not mean that um, you should operate like a small beginning business, particularly when it comes to human resources and employee relations and all of that stuff that goes in. And so I love that you're an expert in this because I know so many entrepreneurs that have employees, but don't have anything set up like what we're gonna be talking about more um, with regards to human resources and, and they just don't know the potential windfalls. So let me ask you this question. Do small business owners experience the same challenges as large organizations when it comes to human resources? Absolutely, yes. You know, wherever there are people, there will be all different kinds of experiences. So small business owners run into sexual harassment issues. Small business owners run into violence in the workplace. Small business owners run into situations where people, women and men, are experiencing um, violence in the workplace, outside violence coming into the brick and mortar of organizations. Um, the pandemic taught us that people experience life similar ways and in different ways. Consequently, when we talk about needing policies, procedures, job descriptions, processes, that is so that an organization has the consistent, the same level of structure that organizations experience when challenges show up. The larger we become, the more regulated we have to be. Mm. Consequently, we need the policies and procedures that gives us the guidance of when it's time to turn. And when it's time to turn, we have to prepare our team so that we are all turning in the same direction. Again, 
the need for policies, procedures, and job descriptions. So I love that. Um, again, you're bringing up a lot of stuff for me because the one thing, like just creating a job description, you know, there are so many small businesses out there that have employees, and I'm saying they may even have under 10 employees, but I bet the majority of them do not have job descriptions because no one has really even thought about it or taken the time or don't even know how to begin even creating and writing up a job description. What could you share with those that are watching us and listening to us about the first step in creating a job description and if it's necessary, um, how would someone get help to have an have assistance with creating job descriptions for their employees that fit the guidelines that need to fit for the federal government? That's a great question. The first step, it really comes from the chief executive officer because that person continues to say to themselves, I need help and I need help to do. And that is the beginning of the job description. What are the essential functions? Because that's the proper title for the things that this CEO is saying they need. So I'll just take a simple example. I need somebody to answer these phones. I am receiving at least 50 calls in the morning. It feels like I'm receiving calls in the afternoon and at night. What's happening, the employer is growing. And that employer is, has identified, I can no longer continue to answer the phones. So the first essential function is that the one, the person needs to have experience answering the phone. Now, one may think, well, who can't answer the phone? All you have to do is pick it up and say hello. Well, not exactly, just hello. There is a process that that employer has in their mind of how they want their phones answered mm. every time. Mm -hmm. And so that every time is another bullet point. So the first bullet point is I need someone who can answer the phones for the company. We might have two lines. We mm. might have three lines. Then I need someone to answer the phones and then transfer the call. But before they transfer the call, they don't just transfer and hang up. They inform the receiver, mm. which is called a warm handoff, they inform the receiver, I have Mary Jane on the call for you from blah, blah, blah. Then release the call. That's another bullet. Then I need this reception to also be, re be willing to engage those who are coming in for those who are back in the buildings. That's another essential function. So a receptionist can have at least, at minimum, five different essential functions depending on the culture and the structure of the organization. So the receptionist can also open the mail and disperse. The receptionist can, can also put together packages for someone else that's in the organization or for another service that the organization provides. So the receptions can be the first point of contact that could go into the job description. And every essential function that that person is responsible for has a repetitive motion attached to their responsibility. And that is very important. For, for instance, it is not uncommon that job descriptions have language that says other duties as assigned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's extremely important 
to understand what that means or what it doesn't mean or what it shouldn't be assumed to mean. If I am supposed to answer the phone every single time it rings, every single day, other duties as a sign cannot be used, but the essential point must be, must answer the phone. Why? Because that is an essential part of the job that I've been hired to do. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, what if the CEO themselves really don't know what they want that receptionist job description to entail or, you know, the secretary? Or what if they really don't know? They know they need a receptionist. They know they need a secretary. They know they need, you know, other key people. They know what their jobs are supposed to be, yeah. but they extrapolate what the job is supposed to be and put it in a job description. What would you say to those folks and, and, and how can they get assistance with that? That's a great question. So that's where we come in because we know how to answer or ask questions to pull information out of the leader. The leader has the answers, but the leader is so overwhelmed is not the, it's not a negative when I say that. I'm one of those leaders, so I understand. You have so many compartments in your head and you have put information where you think it needs to be at the moment. But we come in as experts. We're experts in the, in the place of humanity, dealing with people. We come in with, with knowledge about building and developing your team based on your goals, your dreams, your vision, your mission, your core values, your current practices, your current engagements. We will hear what you're saying and begin to formulate those job descriptions. And they will, again, when there are people, we are all evolving because companies are growing. Chief executive officers are forever thinking through processes, how to do them better. I'll give you an example. If you love to cook, you may start by reading recipes. But if you are in the kitchen with a cook, someone who can mentor you, they're going to tell you things like, you're going to cook a cake today? Be sure in the morning to take the eggs and the butter out and leave them out so they become room temperature because that impacts how moist your cake will be instead of just waiting until you're getting ready to put the eggs, crack the eggs and put the butter in the bowl. That mentor is going to give you an inside knowing, an inside execution that you might not find out in the recipe. That's where we come in again. We sit with you and we pull information out of you that you forgot that's in there because you're working so intensely and we will help you to create those jobs. I love it. I mean, I, that that I wish I would have known you back when I started my business way back when ago, because it was, um, it wasn't, to be honest, I didn't have any job descriptions, but they knew what their job description was, right? Yeah. They knew what they were supposed to do, but there was nothing formulated and written. I think I had been in business at least 10 years before I even developed an employee handbook. And the reason I did that was because I saw something come through on some federal mandate, something. And I'm like, ooh, got to develop an employee handbook. But it was like difficult because that's not my expertise and that's not what I 
do. And I didn't have anybody on my team that that was an expertise for them. So I went to I, the Internet wasn't invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> library and research on how to, you know, uh, create an employee handbook. And I did that, but it was, it was another duty that I had to, that I had to assume and not knowing what I was doing um, on top of my CEO duties. And it was challenging, but I got it done and I'm sure it will suffice and it's been updated, but going to the employee handbook for even small business owners, do you feel it is necessary, and why is it so necessary? That is a great question. Absolutely, it is necessary. And the reason why it's necessary is because you want the consistency. Even though you're small by definition, you want to practice like a large organization. Large organizations has levels of leadership. That's where we're headed as small business owners. And large organizations operate according to policies, procedures, and best practices. Processes, policies, procedures, and best practices. So as an HR practitioner, the longer I've been in this experience and in this seat, yes, I'm more empathetic and sympathetic when necessary, but everything is according to policy and procedure. Why? It's because you have to be able to provide the same level of service and consistency with every employee in the same situation. Now, for instance, uh, let me give you a great example. We are in a society where domestic violence has spilled over into the workplace. And so we have to provide guidance, documented guidance, so everyone knows what to do. But before policies and procedures were a part of a small business organization's everyday processes, what would happen would be in some cases that employees would try to help. And it would become chaotic because it spilled over into the day-to-day -day operations of an organization. And everything must come from top down when it comes to the processes, practices of an organization. Why? Because every employee has a psychological expectation of their employer to provide safety. Mm. You know, I remember um, when I was a kid and I, uh, you know, was listening, you know, parents, uh, grown people, when grown people talk, you guys need to be outside or don't be in a room. But I was, you know, a little nosy child. And so I heard them talking about this conversation. My mom and my aunt, they work for the same company, but in two different departments where a lady's husband had came. Now, this is in the I'm going to say 70s. Lady's husband had came in um, during the lady's lunch break, uh, you know, took her outside or whatever, literally beat her, you know, poor lady. And then the lady came back. And people at the job actually were in the parking lot had saw that, but no one wanted to intervene because I think that's how it was. No one called the police. No one did anything. This lady actually came back and she worked after getting, you know, had a black eye and all kinds of stuff. It was really, really sad. And they were talking about how common that was back then where, you know, spouses would come and abuse the, 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 
you know, significant other um, and nothing was done about it. It was just like, just be protective. And I know those big, large electronics firms back in the day didn't have those policies in place because there was no federal mandate. The reason I bring that up is because everything that happens in the campus of the employer can be tied back to the employer as a responsibility or lack of responsibility if there's nothing in place now. And so um, as you're sharing about the employee handbook, I want you to also share a little bit Mm -hmm. about the ramifications for small, medium, and large businesses that do not have their human resources in check that meets now the federal standards and guidelines that we have to operate by? Wow, that's a powerful question. So listen, I need every one of us who are in business to think about human resources the way you think about finance. You don't consider being in business without a finance department or an accountant. Why? Because of the levels of responsibility, both at the federal, state, and local level. If you have employees and you are building your business, you are not giving away cash. You're not, you're not paying employees with cash. You are going through a specific process so that you have documentation. At the end of the year, you submit to employees what they need to have in order to complete their taxes. And you have a responsibility to make sure that by January 31st of every year, you have submitted those documents appropriately as required. The same is true for human resource management. HR is HR management is one of the functions of running a business. And it's because we can't run businesses without people. So with people, you have to have structure. And to your point, Rochelle, the federal government and state have now provided laws. And really, it is the employment laws that we HR practitioners take to create policies. We ensure that the policies and procedures are aligned with employment laws. So let's talk about um, sick and safe leave. There are now states, the District of Columbia is also a part of this, that have sick leave that is now required. What does that mean? That means that while employers may provide paid time off, and paid time off PTO is usually reviewed and considered where all the leave any leave that you have, that it can just, you can be used, you can use it as you choose. And, you know, no big deal. No one has to know. You don't have to tell someone I'm taking leave because I'm going to have surgery or I'm taking leave because I'm going on vacation. You're just using your PTO. Right. However, if you are in a state where sick and safe leave is required, then there are some specific number of days, a specific number of days as the law requires, that has to be applied specifically to sick leave. Oh, even if there's PTO time. Even if there's PTO time. Specifically to sick leave. So the Affordable Care Act changed, and I'm speaking from a 30,000 foot level because there are laws in various states that speaks to what I'm talking about. But at the 30,000 foot level, I'm speaking about specific details that we need to know as business owners. So I am established in the state of Maryland. In the state of Maryland, the number of hours that one works that is determined as full-time is now 30 hours. 
it used to be 40 hours. So if you work 30 hours a week now with consistency, you are considered a full-time employee. In the state of Maryland, five days of sick leave is required depending on the number of employees that you have. I want to say 15 or above. If you have 15 or above employees, you have to provide five days of sick leave, one hour for every 30 hours work, max five hours a month, I mean, five days of sick leave. And so it's important that employers make sure that employees know that if they even provide combination of PTO, five of those days should be used for sick leave. In D.C., under D.C.'s umbrella of definition for the use of sick leave comes into play if one is experiencing domestic violence. Domestic violence is identified in the District of Columbia as a reason why someone could use sick leave, even if they have to relocate. That still could be used under the umbrella of sick leave. And so it is not just um, just PTO time, but we have to be mindful and knowledgeable of the regulatory requirements when it comes to leave, both vacation, PTO, or sick leave. Wow, I you know I didn't know that, and I'm sure the state of California has. They tend to be very strong. Oh, the state of California is is um, a yeah. state unto itself. Yeah, they are, they are, they a country unto himself. Um, oh, totally. My businesses are, but um, the other, I mean, that's really good information because one, I didn't know that, you know, um, with regards to the PTO and the sick the sick leave to thirty hours. You know, uh, you know, they're my crown, my crown. Thirty hours is, um, you know, that's ten hours less than what we've always considered to be a, you know, a full-time job, or I did see at one time when I was young, I worked 37.5 hours, but um, amazing. How, okay. I have a guy, I have a bunch of questions. I'm going to go a little bit longer, you guys, just because this is, I think, so important and so powerful. I want to address the whole, you know, COVID changed the game with regards to employees being at the job site, you know, now we have this whole remote working stuff. How does that fit into the whole employee human resources thing? And I'm sure we have to identify specifics related to those folks that are remote workers as well. Can you just share and enlighten us a little bit about what we need to know if one, we're a remote worker or two, more importantly, if we're an employer that have people remotely working for us that we consider to be our employees? Listen, the pandemic, you talking about Pandora's box? Mm. We didn't know that that box was on the table globally. And what I mean by that is it's not going to go back to what it was before March, 2020. It's, It's not. And the reason why It's not. It's because we learned, humanity learned that we could work from home and get it done. That's what we learned. 
And so there are many employers that are still working to get people back in the building. The hybrid schedule does exist. Even in the federal government, I have colleagues and friends who work for the federal government, but they're not back in the building. They're still working from home. And it's been extended beyond 23. So the hope is that eventually that we will get back to where we were, but it's going to still be a while. And it's going to be a while because again, the pandemic showed us that it can. So let me answer or address the matter about, are these individuals who are working from home still our employees? Yes, they're still our employees. They are still on our payroll. Yes, I have um, clients who have upped their game from a technological perspective so they know when a person is online. They even know when a person is supposed to be online, but they're not online. And that they have, technology is also moving in the direction of making those curves, those turns, so that we can be savvy and we can be properly informed and not using technology that will keep us in a place of not being fully aware of what's happening. And so what I recommend clients to do is to make a decision on what services have to happen within the building and what services can be considered in a hybrid experience. It's going to take lots of conversations. The other part for, for my profession is that the pandemic really accentuated our seat at the table. And it accentuated our seat at the table from the perspective is that we're dealing with humans with real life challenges. We are actually, in my opinion, my professional opinion, we are still experiencing the aftermath of the pandemic. When you, when you combine our children and what's happening to our children as a result of the pandemic and learning and education and, and the challenges in that space, when you think about people who are still working to catch up financially from what happened from the pandemic. And so life has different specific, different and specific challenges that are impacting the employer. So I do recommend EAP, Employment Assistance Programs, that business owners should consider as best possible. The reason why is because the need has increased. Mm -hmm. Mental health is a big deal and it is not easily defined. The way you and I may have defined it prior to March, 2020, it has a different it has a different scope today, a different perspective, a different feel today. So EAP is a great way for employers to support their employees while we are still using our policies, our procedures, and our best practices. We need to create policies and procedures that speaks to our hybrid schedules, that speaks to our employees who are working from home. What were you getting ready to say? Girl, I mean, I just, at EAP, like as a small business owner, you know, um, that might be working from home, their office is their home and they have remote people working all over the place, but they're their employees. How does even, how does someone even know how to even connect to a EAP, employee assistance program for their small businesses to support 
their employees that might be having those challenges? Is that information available anywhere or is it something that experts like you that come in and say, hey, we're going to set this stuff up for you. We're going to get your human resources in check so that it meets the federal and state and government's guidelines. And we're going to help you to incorporate an EAP program and have your employees have access to that so um, that you can take care of their mind, body, spirits, as well as having them be whole where they can fulfill their job duties without, you know, any issues. I, I guess I'm leading into what do you do? How can people connect with you to get that? I can, I can continue going on um, and asking more questions about this because I think it's really, really key. And there's not many people talking about human resources for even small businesses. I mean, when you think of human resources, you think of very large corporations. But Absolutely. if you're a person that has two employees, you need to be thinking about human resources because that potentially could be a game changer that could be the beginning of the demise for your business. So how would someone connect with you um, and, and establish, you know, uh, a conversation with you with regards to making sure that their business enterprise is following the P's and Q's and got all the boxes checked so that they're in compliance with all the human resources regulations out there that we all need to be in compliance if we're employers? Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share this information. So HR in Motion LLC can be reached. Our website is www.hrinmotionllc.com. The email address that you can reach out to us today is info at hrinmotionllc.com. You can also reach us at 301 I apologize. Two four zero. Don't say the phone number, girl, because you'll have people all over, all all over, all over. Okay. Email everywhere. Yeah, because you'll be getting calls from all India, and they'll be talking. You know, I mean, I mean and, and they want the information. Yeah, that you have, yeah. and then you'll you, girl. how it is. You get mm, people. Well, you know, yeah, we all know. Like, I'm not being negative, but it's, it's nope. life. Thank um, you. But if somebody is really serious, if you're really serious, you want help, you want to understand more about making sure that your human resources is in check and in alignment so that you don't get fined or the government comes in and be like, or somebody, one of your employees that you think is so beloved, that beloves you, gets a little twisted and feel a little shaded and go to report you for whatever it is. You don't want that happening. You definitely mm -hmm. want for Rita's company, HR in Motion, LLC, to be able to assist you to navigate any potential challenges you may have or anything that you need to put in place so you don't have any problems going further. And I just, I, I mean, like I said, I can talk about this because I think it's important and there's not enough people out there with your expertise that are willing to share this information um, that's vitally important for the sustainability of our businesses. So I thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to say if there was one nugget of gold that you would like to share with the listeners and viewers right now about your expertise and what you do and how you can help all of us, please share that with us. Oh, thank you so much. The one nugget of gold that you need to know 
as a chief executive officer is that you don't have to do this by yourself. That as an HR expert, one of the titles that I do use is that I am a practitioner of humanity. Mm -hmm. So I understand people and I understand the professional side of who we are and how to assist you in growing your business. Growing your business from the perspective of knowing who you've hired and what they bring to the table. Allow us, my team and I, to partner with you. We will start with listening and a conversation. The older that I get and the longer I keep doing this, conversation is a, is a gold mine because when you feel comfortable that you're speaking with someone who understands your processes and your plight sometimes, that person has the answers that you need in that moment. And that's it. That's us. That's HR in Motion, LLC. Our specialty is to support small businesses to grow and develop. I love it. I love it. See, I told you guys, I told you that she was going to be amazing. And she has a wealth of information with regards to helping us stay in alignment. And I don't want to say legal, but legal with regards to our federal and state uh, guidelines and in. Uh, things that we need to do with regards to making sure our human resources are in check. No one wants to experience a challenge where um, an employee or former employee is setting out to sue you because of something and you realize you didn't have that something set up in your human resources manual or your employee manual, or you don't even have any human resources. You just going off the cuff and your assistant is handling everything that has to deal with the employees. You don't want to be caught in that situation. So I highly recommend that if you're in um, a situation where you need uh, HR assistance, guidance, policies, procedures, expertise, somebody to be your uh, advocate, um, also somebody to be your expert that you can hand things off as a CEO or the person running your business, you don't need to do it at all. You got Frederica and her team here that can help you handle that HR aspect to take that off your plate so that frees you up to be more creative and do what you do best with regards to running your business. And I guess with that, I want to say thank you so much, Frederica. Thank I you. want to bring you back. And remember, y'all, she's a speaker at the Brave, Bold, and Unstoppable Woman Summit. And she is going to be at our Atlanta event. So if you're a woman out there looking to build or expand your business empire, you definitely need to have your HR stuff in check because that can hold and circumvent you in so many ways that you you would you can't even imagine. So again, thank you, Frederica, my sister. Thank Come you, my friend. Congratulations to this awesome platform. Oh, thank you. And I have much love for you, girl. And I want to thank all of you watching, listening. Um, again, please share this show with everyone you love and care about. Subscribe so you get advanced notification of the guests and you can be on top of things. Now, you can always download the show and listen to it later. But there's nothing like being present in the moment because you can feel the energy of the guests and they all come to give from their heart. They all come to give from their heart so that you can take the nuggets of gold that they give and implement them into your life immediately. I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living For You at blissfullivingforyou.com, the number four, the letter U.com, as well as All Day Cable Incorporated at alldaycableinc.com. And uh, I'm going to close today with um, 
I'm wishing you all peace to your mind, wellness to your body, tranquility to your spirit. And may that transcend into wellness, wisdom, and wealth for your business and your life. This is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, saying until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and mind your business. <laughs> All righty, y'all. Goodbye for now. Bye. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.